Hey guys, we're back uh, with breaking <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> with breaking news. Uh, I just got an email, and it said, "Should I just read it? Read the first paragraph." Wait, yeah. Hi, Annie. <laughs> I'm sorry to do this over email, but it didn't make sense for you to have to come in while sick. It was a tough decision, but we have to let you go. I think you are a great and creative person. And okay. then it's a bunch of other bullshit. <laughs> that's so. That's actually insane. Warm regards. How about cold She's regards? She's doing you a favor. Yeah, but I just wanted to update you guys. This no is happening in, in real time, guys. This is real time. Um, probably gonna put this in the beginning of the podcast. So if you hear me talking about my job, it, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> okay, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Enjoy episode three. <laughs> she won't she won't make noise i know my it's always when we need to record is when she comes and talks to you yeah she talks to me regardless even if i'm on the phone she'll be like annie like this thing happened today what do i do and i was like uh she tells you stuff like woman do you see the phone pressed up against my face well i don't know i'm not doing this for fun it means i'm talking on the phone i don't know what she's saying half the time so that's so cute she goes to you like that yeah she's like annie like I hit a truck. What do I do? Or like a car or a truck backed into me. What do I do? And I was like, well, she's telling you when she's at home. Literally, I can't figure this out right now. Okay, that's what I always say. But <laughs> um, don't kill me, Paula. But what? we're gonna record episode. Oh, sorry, I can't even speak. I'm a little sick. Episode three for the last time. Okay. I promise. And then I don't mind, we're gonna upload happy. it tonight. Oh, are we? Yes. Oh, okay. Are we so this episode. This is this is probably our intro. Okay. So this episode is gonna go up tonight, and I feel like I'm gonna adopt a new method of um, recording and uploading. So like, I, I don't know why I'm, t- why I'm telling them this. You're like thinking out but, loud. Yeah. So that I guess I can be held accountable. But um, so I'm gonna have a template already with our intro music, and we're just gonna record and upload the same night. That makes it makes it that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. I remember when I went to Bodega Boys, and they, they they had a section for questions, and someone came up and asked a question. She's like, "Yeah, me and my friend started a podcast, or whatever." And she was like, "I was wondering if like I can like if you can be on our podcast." Yeah. And um, Jesus was like, was like, you know what? He's like, when you make thirty episodes. I promise I'll be in your podcast because it's not easy. She, he's like, when you reach that amount of 30 episodes, then I promise I'll be in your podcast. And I was like, wow. 30, sh- 30 is like a good benchmark to make. Yeah, it, it is. It's definitely hard, though, especially for me because I overthink and things like that. And sometimes I just don't want to because I feel like it's not good enough. Like, I know so many people like that. And I didn't think that I was one of those people because, you know, when you give people advice, but you never take your own advice Mm -hmm. it's like that like i'll be like oh like why do you care like just do it and see what happens from there but when it comes to myself i'm like nah like i'm gonna chill i don't want to do it right now i'm scared yeah i don't know i find like the podcasts i like the most are the ones that just don't care yeah that's why they work i guess that's why i'm trying not to overthink it because everybody's been asking me like breathing down my neck they're like when when is next episode even people at my my job are like oh so like how's the podcast going and i'm like silence (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Before there was a lot going on in my mind. I kind of want to touch upon this a little bit because I see that it happened a lot this summer. Um, like with you, with Kenzie, and now kind of with me. But like how... I, I don't know. Like, I think I'm a smart person. Like, I don't think I'm dumb. <laughs> but... I don't know if Good that, to have. <laughs> I don't know if this is a okay thing to talk about because I doubt anybody listens that I know from my work my current employment place of work. Yeah. But um I don't think it's going to be my place of work for too long so that's why I don't really care that much. Yeah. But whatever. Basically during the interview process and everything it they made the workplace sound great and amazing and that there would be room for growth and all of that. But when you're actually there, it's like so different because mm-hmm. I feel like they are trying to upsell themselves. But then when, when you get there, it's just like not what you expected it would have like expected it to be. And that happened to Kenzie where she worked and like how they told her that like she wasn't doing good enough, even though she was in numbers doing really well. Yeah. And and it's like what we were saying before, like we got job catfished. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I've especially been job catfished before, yeah, multiple you, times. You have got job catfished. And now I understand why you never wanted to stay. Cause before I used to think like when Abby would talk and be like, Oh, like you guys need to pay your dues and stuff like that. Oh yeah, even you would be like, Oh, you should try and stay. Yeah. Like, no. Now that <laughs> I'm going through it, it's just like, why would I stay here? Yeah. But I do now like from where I work and like because I work in like I basically help the office and the company be like a cool place to work and like a fun place and I help things run smoothly like it takes a lot of effort like to follow through yeah like you can say a lot of stuff in the interviews but like it's a lot of effort organization and like it's just a lot of work to make sure that you're following through with the things that you're promising and that's why I feel like a lot of people like give up on that give up on that and like or just don't bother doing it yeah because the follow-through is it's a lot so what you have to lie during the interview to get you don't people lie to i'm just i'm just saying like company? i'm just saying like first of all people shouldn't lie in the first place but i'm saying i understand like if you don't care enough you're not going to put that kind of effort it's, yeah like, you literally have to bend over backwards to, to do these things i know so it's like, and like probably just lazy. i don't even feel like bending over backwards for that because of what is happening currently and like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did apply for this role, and um, it was basically, they were basically like, oh, you're not a good fit for this role. And I'm like, well, duh, I did not apply for this role. You guys gave it to me because you, you, you like, eliminated the other thing I was applying for. Yeah. I mean, I gave it my best shot. It was... It's been a month. I think a month is way too soon for anyone to decide. Yeah, if, oh, a thousand percent. If you're a good fit or not, but like if you guys think I'm not a good fit, then like whatever. I'm not oh, gonna man. fight for it at this point. Honestly, it just wasn't meant to be. Drop hunting is like dating. It you is. You just gotta find find someone that works for you. Find a company that works for you. Works for you. Works for your lifestyle, your personality. Yeah, exactly. It's a job that compliments you. Exactly. <laughs> that wants to see the wants to see the best for you in a perfect world because because people need to pay the bills and stuff i i get it yeah yeah. but right now (laughs) yeah 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 i'm just lucky because i'm young and like i live at home again we're going back to the living at home thing you guys don't jump the gun if you're not ready like sometimes it's necessary i mean if you have if you have a shit ton of money then i'm not gonna tell you stop because i'd be out i'd be way out in the streets if I had a shit ton of money. <laughs> I'm just speaking about my own experience because I don't have any money, so I'm just... 
lucky that and to some extent it still sucks like i'm gonna i'm gonna be unemployed for the first time in a while because i'm always doing something but, but we'll see you've seen me do that a thousand times yeah and you're so it's not like you're it's having a great time now <laughs> so it's not like it's like impossible to get through it no, I just feel super bad. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it because it's about a friend and slash work, but maybe I can get her to come on the podcast to talk about her experiences because she's been through a lot and she's like, yeah. she changed her career path. I'm not going to say her name, but I will say her story. It's like... Um, she used to be a teacher in the school board and she just wasn't happy. And then she got a great job at a really, really good company. Um, I met her because I met her through this job that I'm at currently. But I think it'd be interesting to talk to her about her decision to make that career change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had an opportunity to move to the States, but she decided to stay in Toronto. Yeah. To move to the States to work with the really amazing company. Uh-huh. And then she decided to stay here. And then she ended up at this hot mess of a company. Yeah, which I feel terrible about because, you know, she has to pay rent and she has all these things like car payments and she already made such a lifestyle change from like the really great company to the startup company. So I just want to talk. Oh, to her yeah. About I'm it. sure that's no surprise that this company is a startup. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of want to dip my toe in the startup thing. Uh, I went on a date yesterday and we were talking about you it. guys left somewhere. Yeah, okay. A background story, guys. I was in Shoppers Drug Mart having a life crisis because I'm bored and lonely. So I downloaded Tinder again for the 20th time. While you were in Shoppers Drug Mart? While I was in my car in the Shoppers Drug Mart parking lot. You couldn't go. (laughs) No, I was having a crisis right then and there and I needed to do it. So I matched with this this guy. He's pretty smart. Anyways... Um, she likes nerdy boys, so he actually probably is smart. <laughs> yeah, he he's an engineer, so he is smart. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> so she likes nerdy boys. We went to Williams, like, the cafe, and we're, we're talking about, like, startups. Did you go that. straight there from Shopper's Drug Mart? No, no, no. I came home first. Oh, I left you like, like you're this was, savage. No. You didn't even get ready. <laughs> this was three, three hours later. I got ready a little bit. Oh, okay. But, um... So we sat we sat at Williams and we talked about like the startup thing. He's like, startups are not a new thing. He's like, if you think about it, Coca Cola, Nestle, everything, all, was, a everything was a startup. It's just a new term. Yeah. And so he's like, the only difference is the people who branched out to make their own companies, they were already experts at what they do, and then just made a company through that but with startups sometimes literally people just like create things out of thin air mm-hmm. and they're not experts at it and that's why they well i feel like people didn't have that kind of confidence back yeah. in the day there was no term for that because people were like oh i actually need to work a billion years for a company which is I kind of better because that's why a lot of startups fail because they're not experts at what oh, they're yeah, doing a ton of them fail so I, can I feel like I see that was, in a lot of places that I've been. My internship, I they're a flop now, and I can see that because they weren't experts at what they did, and they literally just started because they wanted to start. That's a lot of businesses, though. Like, the restaurant business, like, there's a very high chance you're going to fail when you start a restaurant. Like, a lot of businesses have a very good chance of failing, but I feel like, yeah, our generation is very ballsy in that sense in doing stuff yeah. like that. Which, which is, I don't think is always which, bad. It's, if it fails, it fails. You I know, again. but... I know, but it's easier said than done. I'm just thinking, like, people forget that it is also a good thing to to be experienced. Because now, in the day we're living, we're only praising yeah. being different and but being ballsy. But I also feel like 
It's also come from the fact that there isn't a lot of opportunity for us to get experience. Like if we're all trying to start business, we're all trying to get get experience running a business. Mm-hmm. We all can't be hired at these at these 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 businesses. So it's like That's why, why don't I get why don't I create my own experience, learn how to run a business, fail, try again, keep going. Like what Gary Vee says, quote unquote, love the process, and then figure it out. Like it just we sucks all can't because be hired. yeah, it just sucks because you're not the only one you're not just doing that alone right if you start a startup you're bringing other people into it and that's potentially either making their lives better or making their lives worse 1000 percent. but if so you're, it's just you're, like you crazy should know like i feel like well i don't know maybe it's just me and like i'm not a genius but like getting hired at a startup or working at a startup like everyone knows that things could change really quickly like we all know this yeah and they do if you don't know this then i don't know what you're doing <laughs> it's yeah. a gamble it's just a gamble that's all Living life on the edge. Yeah, everything in life is a gamble anyways. Yeah. Every day you wake up, it's a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> so did you like this boy? <laughs> Not like him, like him, but did you enjoy he, your day? he listens to this? Well, you know, did you enjoy your date, though? Yeah, it was really nice. It wasn't awkward or anything? You've had some no. bad ones. I had to, I've had, I've had two bad dates. Like... Yeah, ever I've probably had two bad dates. Yeah, I've been lucky uh, enough not to have anything. Any bad dates? bad. I was set up with someone from my from my not the last time. I, oh, I remember that. Not the last time I quit, the one before. That was the worst day I think I've ever been on. Because he was boring, was he? He was very boring. It was a blind date. It was a blind date. I know. I, I never his, heard of anyone going right? go on a blind date. This that was the first was, like, one. Really ballsy. But I saw his Instagram his like Instagram photos, and I'm like, okay, he looks decent. Like he's not bad to look at. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Either, honestly, he looked better in photos. I'm gonna be real honest, but whatever. And. <laughs> Yeah, the day was just really boring, but I don't know. He was trying really hard to make it not boring, but I was just like, it just wasn't working. And then the bill, remember I told you how he split the bill? Oh, yeah. And it was literally $20. The yeah. bill was $20. And you didn't even have most of, like, your probably was only for like $5 out of that 20 right? No, I well, we both had everything. Oh, okay. like we got like a like um a little thing to share, and yeah. we, we each got a beer, and we watched like whatever the hockey or whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not one to be like... Actually, no, I lied. Like, if you're going to ask me out, then you should pay. But, but I mean, like, what I mean, like, I was just taken aback that he was just, like, so much older. And yeah. And then he, he actually, I just put the, that was so, it was such a small, we didn't have a full meal. We didn't, like, drink our body weight in beer. Like, I was just, like, I'm never talking it was to you. It was $20 together or $20 each? Together. Oh, my God. The whole bill. I'm not joking. <laughs> the entire, because you know how I knew that? Yeah. Because when I said split it, my half was, like, $11. Oh, so wow. I was like, are we, is this, what? And I literally was like, never talk to you ever again. And he tried to text me or whatever. And I was like, this is not, this is just not a thing. Yeah. I just thought it was weird yesterday. Like, we both just got a tea that was $2 each. And I just, mm-hmm. I just paid for my own. William's Pub is like that kind of place where you can just sit and talk, though. Yeah. It's a very, like, yeah. But he made it kind of awkward because I was planning to pay for both of the teas. Mm-hmm. And then he was he just like, that. oh, I'm just going to pay for one. And then I was like, oh, Awkward. I was and gonna pay for both of them. I remember one time I wanted I wanted a date um with uh, I don't even know how to how to refer to you. Remember we met him one time um we're mirror on Bathurst near he lives like oh by yes Lee's, by Lee's Palace M yeah okay okay and on our very first date and I never do this but I was like so I was just like so into him at the time yeah 
I like I paid. We went to a bar and we were gonna get we were gonna get food. I think I think we were somewhere to get food at the bar. I, we had like a few drinks uh-huh. and I paid for our drinks. And he was so like, oh my god, like thank you. And I was like, it made me look really good, but I actually never do that. And you're probably like, don't get used to it, buddy. <laughs> actually, I didn't say that, but he definitely was like, oh my, like shocked that I did that because he like left and came back. And I was like, I never do this, but it did give me points. I'm just saying. Well, I feel like I would definitely do it for someone. I really you're really definitely like. more willing to do that than me. I'm more willing to do it if I really like want to date you like yeah if I exactly know i, I like, date you exactly i'll was, pay for you i was like heart eyes emoji mm-hmm. so i was like yeah you know, let, me, let me just do this well the boy that i liked after i know you guys need to be cut, caught up like i'm not dating someone right now in episode two i was dating someone and now yeah. episode three i'm not dating someone well, that well it's been um, like over a month definitely so yeah so uh i did start seeing another person for a little bit but i think that's dying I really liked him because we would take turns paying for the bill, and I didn't care because I loved yeah. him. Like, oh wait, sorry. I didn't, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, she I didn't, didn't love him. Sorry. I know what you mean? I, did I was over exaggerating. Um, all the time. I really liked him. I, this yeah. was not love, guys. It's not yeah. serious. No, but you know I do that all the time. Yeah. I'll be like, I just want him to love me, and that's not what I mean. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, not what I meant, guys. It's not serious. Like, it's nothing. But, but yeah, she's really into him. Yeah. I was super into him. Uh, like he still texts me here and there, but. It's nothing like, nothing interesting. It's more like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? It's like we, we talked about so many, so many things that you. The only thing you have to say now is like, like asking me stupid questions. Like I don't think you this think, is gonna you work. You think so? Do you like because you think you don't think it's gonna work because you ran out of things to talk about? It's not that we ran out of things to talk about. It's that I think he's distance like distancing himself from me on purpose mm-hmm. because you guys, you already know the line. Like, oh, I just got out of a blank year relationship and I'm not really looking for anything, but I want all the good parts of a relationship except, like, the emotional part. And it's, like, it's not that easy when you hang out with someone for, like, a certain amount of times a week, you're bound to, like... Well, it's not for some people but like i used to do it a lot of times like back in the day i used to be like yeah yeah yeah, like i'm totally down for that like i still want to hang out with you and i used yeah. to like lie yeah <laughs> like, i lied i lies. lied to his face i was like yeah i'm totally okay with this and then i was like nah i'm not okay yeah so that sucks it always sucks when that happens but you live and learn Mm-hmm. You live and learn. Well, you're already back on Tinder. Did you see the app? The app I'm I not back you? again. Did you see the app I sent you? Did you look into it? Oh, I've heard of it. The League or yeah. whatever. Like, where have we? I feel like I've heard of that one before. I think too. I heard it. Maybe maybe Zach from BuzzFeed, the scrawny guy with glasses. I think oh. he's been I feel on like it. It looks before. so familiar because I saw some like a new article on like Fast Company about it or whatever. I think they have to like, like review your job, review your. Don't you? Have, yeah, you have to get approved to be on it. Right? Yes, because the website didn't explain that, and I'm like, I feel like you have to be approved to be on this. Yes, you have to be approved. Oh, okay, but it's like, like it's not, not like rare. Anybody it's creative. Can be on it. It's no. just it's just you have to be look good and be cool. Yeah, you have to have a good job, and you have to look cool. Like you can't have bad selfies or anything. You have to have like pro pics. I'm like drawing like I know I feel like I've seen at least like a blogger or someone like use this app in depth but I would love to eventually in my life be able to just like experience those apps where you can be approved to be on I know like Raya yeah I just want to like see what it's like yeah like I don't know I'm sure it's the same I feel like when I saw Demi Lovato's documentary Mm-hmm. She was on Raya, and it, well, I've heard people talk about Raya yeah. all the time. It's literally the same thing. It's just people, just like you know that people aren't losers. Well, I mean, like they very well can be losers, but 
yeah there's people, losers in the industry with, it's also people with big egos too yeah. like it so there's probably a lot of losers on it but i still like to see it but anyways that'd be cool i'm always down to try these new apps even though i'm not on any of them right now but yeah it's it's a love-hate relationship for me because i don't want to be on them but how do you meet people in this age? And like sometimes you just get lonely and bored. Like I, yeah, I the wish I was the, being bored. I wish I was more confident in the sense that I'm okay with like just not talking to anybody and just living my life. But sometimes I get really, really bored. Yeah, that's very fair. I feel like that happens too. Or it's just like I don't know. When you're not when you're not talking to someone like. It just feels weird sometimes. Yeah. Because when you, especially when you're so used to talking to someone, all like, and by talking to I mean like when you're talking to a, a, a boy or a guy that you like, like when you're talking to anyone, like no one is checking for you. It just feels like it feels weird. Yeah, it's just like nobody wants to ask me how my day was. But sometimes though, sometimes though, like when I'm, I'm and I don't like anyone, and I'm just like not talking to anyone, like. It, it also it feels weird but it also feels like nice yeah i'm like i get to enjoy this moment where i'm not trying to kill anyone uh-huh. i'm not like not, you're not trying to impress anyone you're not trying to like get someone to like you you're i'm not trying chilling. to play any games i yeah. can literally just like chill and it's like oh that's it's a good feeling not that i'm stressed out about anything right now to be honest which is really random it's really weird because typically i am but yeah it's something I, i'm trying to work on slowly very slowly well did you watch first of all we're gonna reference Demi Lovato's documentary again but it's actually yeah. really good we so just you, watched it so it was really good <laughs> it was really good but there's also a point where she was explaining why she decided not to be with Wilmer Valderrama anymore and she was saying how like she's was she's never been alone in like mm-hmm. a billion years and I was like honestly I respect her so much for doing that yeah because you know how girls can be very like well, I don't want to let you go because I might lose you forever kind of thing. Like, they just did, like, if you break up, like, you feel like you've lost this great person for the rest of your life and, like, like you thought they were the one kind of thing. Yeah. She, like, stepped away from that and was, like, I ain't be by myself. Yeah. And, like, is risking is risking losing him forever. Risking love. Because he could potentially find someone else and go run off into the sunset. So, you don't know. So, I'm like, wow. I feel like a lot of people would not be able to do that. They would just, like, be like, okay, I just won't be alone. <laughs> like, I know. I feel like I used to be more afraid of that as well. Just like breaking up with someone, even though I know I don't want to end up with them in the future. Not because they're a bad person, just because they're not for me. Just because I'm afraid that there's not going to be anyone else who will accept me for who I am. But it's stupid because there are a ton of people in this world and they will accept you for who you you are. You you definitely get into that mindset. And after like however many years she was with him, like eight or some stupid ass number like yeah they like they met when she was like I'd be 17 like, um yeah there's like i would i'd be in the mindset where there's like no one but honestly though she's dumb the there's always <laughs> she's a bit <laughs> yeah there's always gonna be somebody for everybody i think you think i think it but it also depends on time and place so it's it's hard to get that time and place thing right you yeah. need a combination of all these sort of things but when you do get that combo, it's I think... It's such a big combo, because yeah. it's a combination of, like, yeah, like, your location, like, we're... Because we're right now in a point where we're trying to figure out our careers. We talk about living in another place all the time. And, like, you talk about, like, how you love Seattle so much. I know. And, like, I would love to live at literally anywhere else but Toronto, just because I want to explore another place. So it's, like, 
But then it's like wherever our career takes us and you got to be in the right place at the right time and meet the right person that's ready for the, like, it's just a whole combination of things. I just need to like line up perfectly. Yep. And it's like, it's hard to line up. It's hard to put even one thing in place, (laughs) let alone line up everything. Yeah. That's why I think, um, the stuff happening at work right now is a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it's not, even though it's like like a like an office type job it's not what i wanted to be doing i yeah. wanted to be doing a more creative job and like maybe this is the push i need to just like break free from being worried about paying the bills and just finding any job to pay them and just like work and try to find something creative but it's really hard because i keep thinking about money oh yeah 1000 percent. what was i watching today i was just watching something where it's like I can't remember, but basically, like we live in a world where like everything, like we, it's hard. Oh, I was reading a Wealth Simple article actually, because <laughs> Wealth Simple, like they're, they have those, they have those interviews with like celebrity people who talk yeah. about money, and like one of the guys was saying like we just live in a world that's very like I can't remember the word he used, but like we just like everything we do is focused around money, like in North America, like in our part of the world, yeah, like everything we do we think about money, so it's like it's really hard for us, like like you can't like he was oh he's a filmmaker, so yeah. he was obviously living a very rough life as a filmmaker, and he's like it's really hard to like be creative and create projects and not worry about money. He's like he had to move back home several times to his parents' house, like he was thirty, he was like thirty I think when he got. When he was in, he was one of the characters in Girls. Oh wow! I would know why I was reading this. I just read a bunch of random stuff when I'm at work sometimes. But yeah, he was just saying how like our part of the world is just so focused around money. So it's like, it's really hard being in creative field and not, not not like worrying about that kind of stuff. It's impossible. Yeah. It is. It is impossible because I have so many things that I want to do, but then I think, oh, I'm being held back because I don't have the funds or like every. T- I complain about this all the time. I don't have a good camera anymore. And like $3,000 plus dollars to get the camera that I want. And I don't know. A lot of those little things hold me back. So I just need to get it back, get back into like my younger self mindset. Like when I was in high school and I was in like maybe university where like it didn't matter what tools you used, You just did it. You just used whatever you had. And it and it turned out good. Yeah. Because you so. know it does and you know it doesn't matter. I you, know it doesn't matter, but it's still, like, stuck with me for some reason. Yeah. You know you see people use good cameras that don't take good pictures all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, fudge. If I had <laughs> the same resources with my ideas, I know that sounds like, oh, like, oh, you think you're so good. But no, it's serious. Like, if I had, what, the combination of things that I wanted to have, I feel like everything would be amazing it's but true well like it's honestly having like that's why i was re- i was watching well another random thing i was watching but gary v was and like he was talking to someone who was comparing herself to people on instagram yeah and he was like and she mentioned someone i can't remember the name she mentioned but he was like how are you going to compare yourself to, to that person who literally started off with all the right resources to like kickstart their life like you can't compare yourself to that person because they were at a certain per- certain point in their life they had all everything they needed to start to start off with success like you have you have to do a basically go a whole different path than that person so you can't compare yourself to that person so it's like people who have all these resources they probably had it landed in their lap like you can't compare yourself to those people yeah you just have to work harder the story of every uh ethnic woman's life 
you just have to work harder. Yep, essentially. <laughs> That's but, why you can't compare yourself to those people who are on Instagram and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Again, to that, like, black hole sometimes. All I don't do it as much, but I used to do it a lot where I would just, like, not feel shitty about myself, but just to be like, man, like, I, like I feel like I'm wasting so much time. I feel like I'm, like... I just felt like I was waste. Just like, <laughs> like being in Brampton, like laying in my bed, just like on looking at all these people like travel and like accomplish all these things. Yeah. But then like that black hole doesn't make you accomplish anything. No. Like it you just, just stay in it. Bad. Yeah, you just stay you in just it. Just wallow in your own self pity, basically. Forever, and then you don't even accomplish anything that gets you any steps closer to doing what they're doing. So it's just like a sick little cycle. I've been trying to. I I'm better at it now. I'm not. I don't really do it anymore, but. Yeah, I think the best thing for people, I guess, in our situation is just like, yeah, you you basically, the thing we said in our first few episodes, you basically have to double work and be okay with it. And you can have bad days. Like, everybody has their moments. Like, I've been having a moment for maybe like a year now, but... <laughs> I know this. The is, moment doesn't end. It's I know, always a moment. But I know that this isn't my rock. Like, e- even though this is feels like the bottom, there's nowhere but up. So I feel like if I'm already at the bottom, the future is going to be much more bright. If that makes sense. It does make sense. But I mean, like, you technically still have a job. Technically, <laughs> stay tuned. I know. Next episode, like, like last episode. Had a boyfriend, now I don't have a boyfriend. This episode, had a job, might not have a job next episode. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Everything's always changing all the time. I remember on my, oh, my birthday passed. That's also something that happened. But my caption was that, like, it, I think it's something about how, like, another year's gone by where I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just guessing every day. Yeah. And my, my brother commented, and he's like, don't worry, we're all guessing. And he's older than me with, like, a family. You're going to be like, guessing everything. until you're dead. Literally always guessing. That's what it seems like all adults are doing, though literally guessing all the time basically but with that note we should just end on that note and go on to fresh yeah so, i'm excited about this one yeah so remember how we had a show back in august guys um, way back in august <laughs> that is still a thing and we are on to the second speaker now and his name is jabrello but we but everybody else Jabril, in the whole world. Jabril Jallo. Jabril, sorry. I, I, I combined his you first combined, name and yeah, his last she name. Was, yeah, she wasn't that far off, but. <laughs> because, I, yeah, I smush words together sometimes. But, yeah. Hello, everybody. everybody knows My him as Fresh. Jabril, so fresh. you're going to enjoy it. It's a little long, um, but worth every second. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot from this story. Okay, enjoy. See you episode four. All right. <laughs> um, I'm from Toronto. Born and raised, 29 years old. I'm an entrepreneur in the city. I have a clothing line in a store on Queen Street called Get Fresh Company. I've been at it for four years on the 27th of August. I'm very proud of that. Thank you. Um, pretty much this up here to break down my story. Paul asked me to, so I'll do anything for her, so I'm here. Um, I started out, when I was 14 years old, I started buying and selling clothes in high school in grade nine. I didn't really have any money. My mom, single parent, had a little sister. Same kind of story. Dad wasn't around. Um, and my mom would always be like, I would go home and be like, Mom, I want these brand new pair of Jordans. My mom would be like, all right, cool, no problem. She's like, how much are they? I'd be like, $100. She's like, here's 50. I'm like, they're 100. <laughs> She'd be like, figure out the rest. Your dad's not here. You got to be a man of your own. So I was like, all right, cool. So 
I kind of like try to figure out how am I going to get these Jordans. I need these Jordans. It's dress down day at school. I got to be the flyest at school. There's this girl I really liked. You know, I was trying to stunt. So how it all started is I went, one of my boys from Mississauga, he had a car. He was, his dad was rich. He had a vehicle. He was like, yo, I'm going to Niagara Falls. Do you want to come with me? I'm going to the Nike outlet, and then I'm going to go to Niagara Falls, New York, and go to this prime outlet mall. So I went with him, and then um, there was this outlet store, and they had, like, race car jackets. I don't know how old everybody is here. I'm 29, but I was younger. Race car jackets were the shit. <laughs> and um, they were $10, but back in Toronto, they were, like, 200 So I literally went there. I bought maybe, like, 40 jackets. <laughs> <laughs> came back to Toronto and just started selling them. But I didn't tell my boy that was that drove me there what I was doing. I was like, all right, look, yeah, 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 I just bought some sneakers. Everything is good. <laughs> so I don't want to put them on the hustle just yet. So after that, I was, like, trying to find, and I sold these jackets, and I found any way to, like, get back to Niagara. So I would, like, convince whoever I could with a car. I'd be like, yo, I'll pay your gas. Let's go to Niagara Falls. Let's go to the Nike outlet. Let's buy some sneakers. So I literally go to the Nike outlet, hop in a cab, drive to the border, walk the border in the wintertime. I'm, like, literally 14 years old. Walk the border in the wintertime, get stopped by the customs guy. And I got to go to the outlet, buy everything, come back, and I got stopped by the customs guys with, like, garbage bags. I'm like this 14-year-old kid. I was a lot shorter when I was 14. All these garbage bags, and the customs agent would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm just, you know, I just bought some stuff. I'm just going home. They're like, where are your parents? I'm like, oh, they're just at home. They're like, where do you live? Toronto. Your parents are in Toronto, and you're here? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so why are you here? I'm like, oh, I'm just buying some jackets to bring it back to sell it. He goes, you know that's illegal, right? I'm like, no. He's like, you need, he's like, you need a permit, taxes, all this stuff. I'm 14 years old. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. He was like, you know what? Buffalo is very dangerous. He gave me his business card. His brother was a taxi car driver. He was like, whenever you come back, call this number. They'll pick you up. I don't want you walking this bridge or walking around Buffalo by yourself. It's dangerous. That kind of birthed my whole hustle of me making money. <laughs> Ended up buying the Jordans, worn the dress down day. I didn't get the girl though, but I still had the Jordans. Um, from that, it kind of like birthed this whole like entrepreneur, like love of mine, you know, making money, buying clothes, doing what I want. So I kept doing that. I would do whatever I could. I bought jerseys, wear them to school, be like, I have these for sale. I really only had the one I wore, but I'd be like, I got these for sale. If you want, I can get it for you tomorrow. It'd be the exact same one I had on a day. And I would sell it and kind of just kept going and building that. And then my mom died when I was 15 years old. And I was like, me and my mom were like best friends. She kind of like, you know, she made me the person I am today. So my life completely changed. 15, she died November 13th, 2013. Sorry, 2003. And I went from like being this 15-year-old child, just making money, having fun, getting into trouble, to the next day becoming like a grown-ass man. Um, she died on Thursday. I ended up living by myself on Monday. And then I went to go live with my father, who was like a complete stranger to me. I didn't know him at all. Sorry, I got notes. I got bad memory. And, um, you know, I lived with my dad for about three months. 
terrible experience, probably the worst experience I've ever faced in my life, like as bad as my mom passing away. So imagine. And um, I moved back to Toronto, saved up my money from everything that I was selling while I was in school, dropped out of school at this point. So this is like first semester, grade 10. Get my own place, basement apartment in Rexdale. It was like smaller than this stage. It was terrible. <laughs> like the basement went down to a point. <laughs> And my bed had wheels on it, so I would just like slide, I'd, like wake up and bring it back. It was, it was terrible. If you live in a basement apartment now, I feel sorry for you. Sorry. Um, from there, I was like always determined. I'm like, yo, I gotta make this life better. You know, my mom didn't die for no reason. Like she didn't raise a fool. Like I gotta make sure I bust my ass and, you know, bring her name and make it something in this world. So I started, I've done a lot of things. I did wardrobe styling for free. Like I interned for these two girls called the Bossy Girls. I did like belly music videos when belly wasn't the belly he is now. <laughs> but when belly was just little Canadian belly, which was, he was still super cool. He put me on. Um, I did TD commercials. Art, you ever see that TD commercial? I don't know how old everybody is, but TD used, bank used to have his commercial with a green chair. And like old people, I dressed all the old people. <laughs> it was cool, it was cool. It was a cool experience for me. And um, did like a bunch of Air Canada ads. I did a bunch of styling items, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Like I was never really comfortable with just getting a check. I was always like, I always wanted to be in control of like what I made and like how I did it and put my own twist on it, which I really couldn't do dressing old people on a TV commercial. I'd be like, yeah, like here's this cool snapback and like a t-shirt. They'd be like, yeah, just get a white button up shirt and some black pants. I'd be like, all right, it was boring. So I went on a job to Las Vegas with Belly and we shot two music videos, which was like amazing. I love them for it. And I always wanted to go to Los Angeles. No one really knows this, but North America actually has the biggest fashion district in the world. It's 180 blocks. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna take a trip. I'm gonna go to Los Angeles. Amazing experience, but kind of crazy. Don't take the bus in Los Angeles if you've never been. <laughs> it's not melting. And do not take the subway. It's terrible. You might get robbed, raped. It's, it's crazy. It's like Queen Street at three in the morning, all day. <laughs> so, did that, walked these blocks, and I met this Mexican guy who, I don't even know where he is now, but he um, manufactured hats. He made like, I'm sure, sure everyone's familiar with like Supreme and Diamond Supply and Obey and pretty much all the popular brands over the last like 12 years. He manufactured all these hats. And he, me and him were at the bar having a drink and he's just like, hey papi, how you doing? What are you doing here by yourself? He had a better accent than that, but I don't have a really good Mexican accent. But, um, and we were just talking, we started drinking tequila, we were just talking shit, and he was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, man, I'm just, I don't know, I just came to explore it, I'm into fashion. He invited me to his house, his wife cooked up a bunch of food, we hung out, we chilled, and he goes, I like you, I, like, are you good at business? I'm like, I think I'm good at business. He goes, all right, gave me, wrote down an address, he's like, meet me here tomorrow. I stayed in like the worst, it's called the Mayfair Hotel. When you Google it, it will tell you it's a historical beauty. It is not. <laughs> Do not stay at the Mayfair Hotel. I don't mean to bash them, but just don't stay there. Please. So, took a cab 
I learned not to take the bus. Took a cab to this address, and it was this warehouse with like just a bunch, like 100 Mexican dudes in there. No one spoke English. I walked in there. Everyone was looking at me weird. I was the only black guy in sight. And um, I'm like, yo, I'm looking for Poppy. <laughs> They were just like, all right, cool, like, I'll bring you to Poppy. But they weren't saying that. They were just like, C, 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 and Poppy. And then he, like, Poppy was there. I never actually knew his name. I just called him Poppy. And then he brought me to this room with, like, all these hats. And he's like, can you make these disappear? I'm like, sure. I didn't know really know what he meant, but I was like, I'll buy them all and I'll sell them. He was like, all right, cool. He's like, I get a room this full. The room was probably as big as this room. So it was maybe like 12,000 hats. I had maybe $1,000. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I could buy all of them. All of them. He's like, you got the money? I'm like, yeah. So we counted all the hats. He was like, yeah, give me $30 a hat. I'm like, listen, Poppy. <laughs> I got $1,000. Work with me. And this time the dollar is par, so... He was like, all right, Poppy, give me $500. Keep the $500, because LA is expensive. And all I ask you to do is send me some money when you get back to Toronto. Do what you got to do. So I came back, excited. Went on the, I brought all these hats on the plane. <laughs> I went to Chinatown and bought like all these duffel bags. I felt like I was smuggling cocaine through the border. I was like literally there, sweating my ass off. They're like, are you declaring anything at the border? I'm like, no. <laughs> Not at all. She's like, you sure? I'm like, yes. Like, all right. Thank you to my mom. She's like, I got through the, she's my guardian angel. So I got through the border. I came back, told my team, all my boys. I'm like, look, we're going to do this thing called, this is like before snapbacks hit. Like snapbacks, everyone was wearing like teams, like all these teams. I was like, look, I got all these brands. We're going to put like a little pop-up shop together. Mind you, this was in 2011. Pop-up shops did not exist. No one did a pop-up shop. The name pop-up shop didn't exist. I'm like, we're going to rent out a space somewhere downtown. We're literally going to put an army of kids together. We're going to go to every single school and promote this thing called snapback season. Everyone looked at me like I was crazy, but they ended up listening to me a month later. So created this event called snapback season. It was at uh, Spadina in Richmond. At this time, the city was like super beautiful. Drake just came out, it was bubbling. We had a cool little vibe. The weekend just put out House of Balloons like two weeks before this. And the store we did it at, his old manager was a guy named Jake. They had this store and they actually hung out at this store and he would write all this music at the store every day. It's a condo now, it doesn't even exist. But it was called Good Foot before that. I don't know how old anyone is, but that was like the sneaker store in the city back in the day. So we rented out this place for like, I think like $100 a day. And I promoted this for like two months. I literally made it look like we were going to war. In my house, I had a map of the Toronto District School Board, the Catholic District School Board, the time summer school let out, the popular bust. Like literally, I was like, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to make this shit work. I got to get Poppy's money. So we put it all together and... Um, it was a hit, like we priced every hat at like 40, 50 bucks. Like I didn't really know the value of like Supreme and all that back in the day. I'm not really in the skate culture. And it's big, now it's big everywhere, but the skate culture is kind of where it came from. So we had these, we showed up on a day of, and no word of a lie, there was a video, I didn't want to play the video, it's kind of long, but you could YouTube it, snapback season. There was a lineup from Spadina in Richmond to the movie theater. 
like Scotiabank movie theater. Like we showed up and we were like, <laughs> like what, there was the Stussy store was right beside us. We were like, okay, Stussy must be doing something today. We're gonna win. Like they got something going on. We're gonna eat today just off of their traffic. And then we like walked up and I'm like, yo, what are you guys here for? They're like snapback season. I was like, God damn. Like me and my boy were like, oh, we were late. We were like, no one's gonna be there. Like. <laughs> People were there waiting. I was just like, ah, shit. I'm like, all right, cool. We get inside. I'm like, all right, call my boy to do security because I'm like, there's like literally 400 people outside. Like, I don't know if they're going to steal. I don't know what to expect. So when they get inside, all these kids start going crazy. They just start grabbing like 30 hats at a time and coming to the cash. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm just happy. I'm like, all right, we're selling, we're selling. And then more kids keep going, more kids keep going. Then I lock the door and I trap these kids inside. I'm like, yo, why are you buying so many damn hats? <laughs> He's like, these hats are worth like hundreds of dollars. I'm like, what? He goes, these hats are worth hundreds of dollars. I'm like, which hats are worth a hundred dollars? I'm like, this one, this one, this one, this one. I'm like, all right, you can buy it for this price, but we're gonna, you're going to make me make these prices. So we went and we changed all the prices in there. And I'm talking like, I felt bad because I'm like, I would never buy a hat for a hundred bucks. Some people would, but I would never buy a hat for a hundred bucks. But, you know, they got the reseller market, people reselling shit and all that. So we had majority of the hats for a hundred bucks. We opened the door. These kids were still buying them for a hundred, buying like five, six. I'm like, where the hell are they getting all this money from? But whatever. So they start buying all these hats. Poppy calls me halfway through. He goes, hey, how we doing, Holmes? I'm like, we good, Poppy. Don't worry. I'm going to see you in a couple of days. Don't worry. So... At the end of this, and it was a really cool time for the city. Like, a lot of people from the city came out. Like, the weekend was out front, literally singing songs in his car, the whole, well, in his boy's car the whole time. Like, it was a dope, it was just like a cool experience, especially like seeing where he's at now for the city. It was really cool. So, at the end of it all, we made like $26,000. It was amazing. It was the most money I ever made in a weekend of my life, like, at that time. And um, now it was like, all right, cool. Now what? You know, what do we do now? Went back to LA, gave Poppy his money. Poppy had more hats. We bought some more. We went to Montreal. We did a pop-up shop there. We went to Edmonton, did a pop-up shop there. I didn't call it pop-ups there, but I call it pop-up now because everyone's familiar with it. We just rented out a space and, you know, did the thing. So came back to Toronto. Everything was good. Poppy couldn't give us no more hats. We actually got a, a cease and desist from Supreme. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got a lot of shit. Didn't lose any money, but we got a lot of shit because... Technically, the hats we were selling weren't out yet. Yeah, I didn't know. I swear on everything. So, I just seen the hats. I wasn't up to the time with the brand. It's not like I was following the brand. Like, now, it's like you know everything a brand's doing. Like, you didn't know back then. So, yeah, we got that letter in the mail. We were like, okay. Cool. Let's do one more, and then we'll stop. We got more hats to sell. And then, um... We launched the online store. I'm just gonna get real quick, I'll be finished this. We launched the online store on Friday the 13th. Don't launch shit on Friday the 13th. Canada Post went on strike that exact day. <laughs> Terrible. I was driving across the border just to ship out hats every day. Terrible, got banned from the US for a year. Terrible. So, <laughs> after that, it was my dream when I was 15, 16, I would like daydream. We would all hang out on my boy's house in his den. He was like, he had the cool mom. You know you always got like one friend with the cool mom? <laughs> 
she'll buy like you can drink there she's not really gonna say anything you could like smoke I don't know if you have a friend like that but I did and she was like as long as you're not outside because I lived in a really bad neighborhood I'd rather you do all the bad shit in here don't go outside I'm like alright cool and um, I would always daydream and be like yo one day I'm gonna have a store called Get Fresh except back then I wanted that Jane and Weston which is like the hood pretty much not downtown so that happened I wanted this store it was always a dream I had it in my mind so from this I took the money that we had from while we were doing this we were doing parties all types of stuff in the city too and I was like alright let's open a store so we tried to open a store in Liberty Village did not work so we renovated it three months made it look all it was a gorgeous spot like a lot better than the store I have now and I love the store I have now but it was beautiful tall ceilings like this exposed brick three months after renovations we went back to the store to finish the rentals and there was a new sign on the door there was new people there people in there working I was like what's going on they're like what are you talking about I'm like who are you they're like, who are you? I'm like, this is my space. Like, I'm building a space up. Oh, we just bought the building two days ago. So the landlord got me in there, took my deposit, and then sold the building. So I lost everything. All the money I made, everything I did, I lost, I lost like 60000 So I was like, yeah, I'm 24 years old. I lost 60K. I was like going through it. So... My boy lived in Atlanta. He was like, bro, just come down here, come chill out. So I went there for like a month. I got a phone call from a guy named Bruce, amazing guy. He had a store where my store is now. He's now my landlord. He goes, I heard you're opening a store. I've heard about you. I heard about snapback season. I don't want any competition. Let's do business together. So if you haven't opened a store yet or whatever, let's just figure it out. I'm like, nah, man, I'll close the store tomorrow. Don't worry. Like, we could just do business and we could do it. I already lost the store. I didn't tell him that. But yeah, let's, you know, I'll fly home. I'm just here working. I was doing nothing. I was on the couch. He's just like, come back and let's figure something out. I hopped on the next plane to Toronto. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I'll give you a little section in here. You can put your stuff in here and we can kind of like build something. And, you know, you don't got to be in here. I'll staff it the whole night. I was like, sweet. So this was the store. I don't have it when it was. I don't have any pictures of when it was active. But um, we went there. I stayed there for about a year doing business with him. It was all sweet. We did a lot of like different events. I'm going to slide through here. We did like this French Montana meet and greet. The first time French Montana ever came to Canada, I brought him here with Lola. Same with Kendrick Lamar. We did like this dope meet and greet thing. Every came by. This is like before meet and greets were actually like a thing. We brought them by and just had like a massive lineup. French Montana, we probably had 4,000 people who came through just to see him. It was pretty cool. It was a dope thing for the city. So... As the time I had this piece of the store with proper reserve, it was cool, but he wasn't paying me. So I'm selling things there, I wasn't getting my money on times, excuses and excuses and excuses. So now I'm like pretty much in the same shitty ass situation I was before that. You know, it was good for the brand. People were like, oh, you know, Fresh got a store, all that, but it wasn't like we were broke. I wasn't making no money, nothing was happening at all. I was pretty much just getting screwed. So, after a while, maybe six months later, I was like, yo, bro, 
we can't do business like this no more. If you can't pay me, let's figure it out. And unfortunately, his mother got cancer. So he had to step away from the store and help his mom. So after that, and his mom beat cancer, thank God, and then his father got cancer. Trust me. So at that point, he was just like, I'm over it. I'm like, let me buy the store off you. Take the money that you owe me, give me a better rent, let's figure it out. That happened in 2013, August 27th. So took the store over. At this time, I probably had like $5,000 to my name. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm just trying to make it work. We had no heat in the winter. If you came to shop at my store in that winter, we had Canadian gooses on, <laughs> toques and gloves processing sales. Like we would talk and there'd be like, you know when it's the winter, you can see the smoke from your mouth? It was the hood. There was no difference between this and the hood, trust me. But I always had a dream. I was like, yo, we're going to make this work. I promise you, we're going to make it pop. I had one guy named Aaron. He's like my little brother now. I love him to death. Um, he believed in me. He came in the store one day with a camera, and he was like, yo, um, I'm going to take some pictures of the store. I'm like, I don't know if you should take pictures of the store. They won't really look too good. <laughs> He's just like, nah, man, don't worry. I was like, yo, you got a camera. I need a cameraman. Would you work for me? He goes, yeah, I'll work for you. I'm like, I don't got no money, though. He was like, it's cool. I'm like, can you intern? I just found out what interning was at this time. He's like, can you intern? He's like, yeah. He interned for like nine months. He didn't get a dollar. He worked seven days a week. And I was like, listen, just work. When we get it popping, I promise you I'll bring you to Dubai. My friend lived in Dubai. It was always a dream for me to go there. I'm like, we'll go together, and then we'll figure it out. So, you know, we worked at the store. Things weren't working. And um, one year we were like, yo, let's just make our own stuff. All the brands we try to hit, try to get in the store, they weren't really messing with us because the store kind of looked like shit. We were like, let's just make our own thing. We made this hat that had YYZ on it. I always wanted to travel. It was my thing. And I wanted a way, like if I ever traveled, to be able to represent the city without wearing the Raptors or like the Maple Leafs or TFC. Not like there's a problem with them, but like I don't really watch sports, so I don't want to be a fake fan. And I wanted to represent my city the right way. So we made this YYZ hat. We got it in. We had like five colors. We brought it in the store. No one wanted to buy this hat. <laughs> we're like, all right, fuck, man. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Sorry for swearing so much, but I don't know what we're going to do. So we say, yo, anyone who comes in the store, just give them the hat. So everyone who walks in the store, be like, here, here you go, here you go. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then like two weeks later, we had like 30 people coming in the store every day, like, yo, I want to get this YYZ hat. I'm like, what do you, you want the YYZ hat? They're like, yeah. I'm like, the y, like the hat with the YYZ. We're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like. You know how much it costs? <laughs> I'm like, we didn't even know how much the price of that because no one was buying it. I'm like, it's 40 bucks. And then it went from like the little hats we had left, selling it to like reordering it from, you know, giving away 100 to selling 10, 20, 30, 40 to like 10,000. So this is... Sorry. How do, I, how do I get it on there, Paul? There we go. Oh, ah, I messed it up. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, have you seen a YYZ hat in Toronto before? Everyone live in Toronto? All right, that's our hat. So the original one. There's like tons now, but thank you very much. 
So, <laughs> thank you very much. Super proud of this hat. It was dope. It went well. We sold thousands, like literally like 10,000 of these hats. It kind of like birthed the store, changed the whole identity, gave us enough money to pay Aaron. Aaron got paid after nine months. Round of applause for Aaron. He's in Chicago right now, relaxing on vacation. But um, yeah, and we, and we used the money from that and you know, we built it. We used to do these Thursday parties at the store every week to kind of build the culture. Like the reason why I came back from Atlantic at the store, like I was gonna stay in America, but I always wanted to do something for Toronto. It was like super important for me because every single person that I ever watched on TV as a kid from Toronto kind of just left. They made money and left. Like no disrespect to like the Drakes or whoever, because Drake puts on the city, but like they don't really live here. Like everybody kind of like, you know, they made it here, they did the buzz here, but they left. I wanted to keep something in the culture for our city, you know, build this hat for our city. City. Like everything I do right now is for our city. So this hat was made me able to be able to do all that. So we did this hat, got popular. We Toronto Raptors called us and was like, we need to do something with this hat. I was like, yeah, let's do a Toronto Raptors hat. They're like, oh, we could never do that. <clears throat> Three months later, they called us back. We need to do this hat. I'm like, all right, so let's do it. So this was our Toronto Raptors get fresh company hat. That's what the store is called. And this was like, you know, it brought ultimate joy to my heart to bring like my whole team to this Air Canada Center and see our hat in this store, you know, in the real sports. It was literally like the only people who have ever collaborated at this point with Toronto Raptors was Drake and us. And like you'd walk in the store and it'd be like, OVO, get fresh. Greatest feeling in the world, trust me. It was like, all right, you know, we didn't rap, we didn't have to do any of all this, and we still made it in here. We're doing all right, we're doing all right. Um, over the years, we've grown the team more and more, done a lot of events. We did a pop-up shop for All-Star Weekend. We were like the official NBA pop-up store for All-Star Weekend, and they'd never done that before. They pretty much used what they did at our store as like a blueprint, and now they do it at every All-Star Weekend they do across America, which is amazing. Um, so we did that. <clears throat> After that, it still wasn't easy. Things didn't like just, you know, it was still rough, ups and downs from there. And um, I'm gonna struggle with this picture thing. But from there, we, we kept going. There was a lot of times of like, you know, we doubted ourselves, like, man, I don't know. You know, we had this YYZ hat. We're like, this is cool, but what else? Our store is a thousand square feet. We sold hats that were a hit. Everything else was kind of a dud. Then we started selling T-shirts. We made a T-shirt. I'm like, not super tall, but I hate short T-shirts. I like my T-shirts a little bit longer. This was like before it became a trend, and we made a T-shirt. Made it in Canada. It was super important to me that we make our items all in Canada. I'm like... As you see, I'm like Canada out right now, red, red, white. So we made a full collection. We went from a t-shirt to these hats. And then, you know, we made jeans. Mind you, I, before I made these jeans, I lost about $40,000 trying to make these jeans in Los Angeles before I could even make them. Then I finally made them properly. Now they're out, got screwed over with that. So like in this business, you know, Everyone, they don't really show like the downfall of the business, the hard part, but it's not easy. Fashion is not easy. You lose a lot of money, but you can win too, but you lose a lot. And then um, this was our first collection. We came out with it this year, this spring called Concrete Jungle. We went to Hong Kong to shoot the whole campaign. I went there once, I got like super inspired. It was literally like a major city like New York, but you're in the, there's like monkeys 
walking around. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but like, <clears throat> there's actual like monkeys there. Like, I'm just like, all right, there's a monkey. Like, cool. Let's finish my pop. But um, got super inspired by the culture. It was super dope. It was like kind of like Toronto, super multicultural. It was cool. So we put this collection together. It did really well. We were on Hype Beast, High Snob, a lot of the big like fashion blogs. Um, yeah, now we are here where we are today. Changing the slide. Yeah. Go back. This is, so Aaron's the guy on the far right. He looks Indian or Guyanese or Trinidadian or Spanish, depending on the day. Um, he's half Sri Lankan, half Malaysian. <clears throat> that is Will. That's um, my good friend. I have a kid's line too. He's my business partner in that. And that's obviously me. Um, this was at our all-star event upstairs. We were actually really happy because we were like, shit, this shit actually works. Sorry for swearing so much. It works. Um, now we're here. We've got our second collection about to come out. We just did a pop-up in um, Foot Action. Our selling clothes has brought us a lot of places, Paris, Dubai. Like We actually brought Aaron to Dubai as well. So we got paid and we went to Dubai. So this is the trip of us going to Dubai. He had a blast. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, traveling has always been a thing. I never traveled. And my mom, I try to, like, live everything my mom, everything my mom didn't get to do, I try to, like, live it for her. She died really young. And, you know, she took care of me and my sister. My sister became my daughter once my mom passed away. I've taken, taken care of her since she was literally, like, this tall. She's literally my daughter. She's about to finish university. I'm super happy. Um... But yeah, so I've been able to travel my travel the world, something my mom didn't do that I got to do, and I've been able to bring my team with me. So it's been great. We're about to release our new collection. Another good thing, we haven't released this to anyone. We're about to do a sneaker with Puma. We're doing two sneakers. Yeah, it'll be released globally. So it'll actually be sold in Paris, New York, the Hong Kong, and Dubai. That comes out November 24th. You're the first people I've ever told. Um, super proud of that. You know, I hope my mom's shining down on me and everybody else. Something for the city will be the first. I know the weekend dropped Puma shoes today, but we'd be the first, the first non-musicians with the same type of collaboration. You know, we're trying to like hit on the same forefront. Drake had the Raptors collaboration. Weekend had the Puma collaboration. We got the next collaboration Puma's coming out with right after the weekend collaboration. So I'm always pushing myself on my team to, you know, hold it down for the city and be like that young person in Toronto representing us globally. And like being a black man from, you know, I come from Jana Weston, Rexdale, Jana Finch. I've lived in the worst parts of the west end of the city. I'm kind of like trying to represent and motivate like all the youth. Like I hate going on news every day and seeing like another black kid arrested, another kid shooting, another like I hate it. So I'm trying to like use what I'm doing to motivate them. Like, yo, look, we don't really got to do all that. You can actually like get your shit together and do something positive. There's actually opportunities for us. So that's like my one of my main goals in life with everything that I do. Thank you. Bye. More of the stories, never give up. <laughs> Pretty much. But thank you very much. I appreciate everything.